0: Like a street hustler who distracts you with one hand while he robs you with his other hand, this week while you were watching the silliness of the Academy Awards where one celebrity slapped another, what you didn't see was what was happening in Washington, but you need to know about it. This week, In Washington, Senators Johnson and Grassley began to unfold the case of corruption based on the revelations that come from a laptop that belonged to Hunter Biden, son of the President. With receipts, they show payments of $100,000 and more made to Hunter Biden by Chinese oligarchs who are interested in making connections with Hunter Biden's powerful father, Joseph Biden, who is now President of the United States. Money, sex, and power have always in human history been the aphrodisiacs that men strive for. In and of themselves, none of those are bad things. Money is simply a means of transacting business between two parties. Sex is created by God and has a sacred quality to it when done according to God's plan. And power, God is a God of power and He has delegated that power to those who have a stewardship responsibility for it within the human race. The problem is that of the three, power is the greatest draw. And because of sin, power is often detached from benevolent responsibility. In other words, the people who have the power fail to use it in the ways that God designed it to be used. Political corruption has a long history, even in our country, no, no, much, no older than we are as a nation. In Abraham Lincoln's cabinet, even there, corruption was president. Carl Sandburg, who's written the uh, masterful biography of Lincoln, writes about how Representative Tad Stevens complained that Secretary of War Simon Cameron was so dishonest that the only thing he wouldn't steal was a red-hot stove. Cameron, of course, took offense and appealed to the president who tried to calm everybody down. Lincoln asked Stevens to retract his statement, and he said, all right, I will retract. He would steal the stove, too. You see, there is corruption in politics. It goes hand in hand. The problem is we're no longer in America talking about petty corruption. We're not talking about the exchange of favors between political uh, leaders. We're now looking at corruption at the level that is unprecedented in American history. We have politicians who are billionaires and they've been in politics for decades. How is it possible for a public servant whose salary is public knowledge, we know what Joe Biden and and Nancy Pelosi and every other politician in Washington, we know their annual salary. How is it possible that that on those nice but not outrageous salaries, that these people find themselves multimillionaires after decades in Washington? There's a red flag here that should draw our attention. Because corruption is always present, but now at unprecedented levels, we have to look and see what the consequences of that is there is an inevitable price to pay for tolerating corruption. As corruption increases, what happens is competence decreases. Just managing the pretense that hides all of the ill-gotten benefits that come from uh, political maneuvering, uh, that takes more time and energy. And what happens is lies require more lies to hide the first lies, So the story keeps getting more complicated and frankly, less plausible. We know that just this business of Hunter Biden's laptop was a story that first emerged in the fall of 2020 right in the middle of a presidential campaign. And yet it was labeled by mainstream media who frankly are now being proven to be a part of all of the political corruption that we're looking at. The mainstream media squelched this story, the idea that there was a laptop that belonged to the son of a, of a candidate running for president that gave actual evidence of international corruption, favors sold to foreign governments by our leaders. That would have played as a serious factor in the closing weeks of the 2020 election, but guess what? It never saw the light of day. Twitter labeled it Russian disinformation, CNN called it fake news, and the algorithms built into Facebook guaranteed that most Americans never even saw the allegations. Now, what do we have, amazingly, a year and a half later? We have the liberal New York Times running a story that says, well, after all, it, it is real, and the corruption is there, and the evidence is plain. <sighs> we have politicians who don't have America's best interests at heart. We have at least one, if not two, political parties who are interested in something other than representing the people who elected them. We have a mainstream media that no longer reports the news. They have taken the self-assigned role of determining the news we're allowed to see. Wall Street Journal editor, Gerard Baker, calls this America's crisis of accountability. He said, how can we even elect new leaders if we can no longer have confidence that the news that we're reading is accurate and the elections that we're participating in are fair. That's a fair and chilling question and that's why the Hunter Biden laptop issue is a big deal. The story at its heart is about the willful distortion and suppression of truth by the media and the coordinated corruption that has infiltrated every level of our government. Well, we need an aha moment. We need Americans to have something that wakes them up to the enormity of the grim truth that is all around us. Maybe that aha moment will be in the New York Times revelation about this laptop and the information there that shows deep financial connections between our president and his family, and the leadership of communist China. Many things start to connect and interlink and between the organized suppression of truth by the media and the incompetence that comes from a political class consumed with their own advancement. Where do we go from here? I mean, look at just the last year in the life of America. There was the humiliating rout as American forces left Afghanistan. There's the chaos at our southern border. There's the tossing away of American energy independence. There's the return of begging bad people to give us oil, people who hate us. And frankly, there's the flat-footed response to Putin's advancement into the Ukraine. There is the stench of corruption and rot all around us. And the pretenses that have been hiding that have become increasingly transparent. Fewer and fewer people believe that our politicians are honest. Even if they were honest, the sheer lack of of trust and confidence by the people bodes poorly for the future survivability of this nation. Okay, so how do we approach this biblically? How do we address this? How do we think about it? You say, well, we need to register people to vote. Yeah, you can do that. That's not a bad thing to do. Let's go register people to vote. We need to to produce voter information pamphlets. Yeah, you can do that. That's a good thing, go do that. We need to protest you can do that. I don't know how productive that is, but but you can do that. But understand this, part of the reason the church is essentially worthless today in most of these kinds of issues is because we have entered the fight, even when we believe in what's right and true, we've entered the fight with the weapons of the world. You can register voters, you can produce voter information guides, you can protest, but those are not the the, the weapons, the best weapons that we have available to us as followers of Jesus Christ. We don't battle flesh and blood foes with flesh and blood weapons. We've been given better weapons. I wanna read to you from one of the Psalms, one of the Psalms that is actually um, uh, little known. It's mostly overlooked. It's hardly ever quoted by anybody. And yet, it has tremendous application for where we are today. It's Psalm 94. Psalm 94 is a prayer, uh, a prayer to the Lord to avenge on behalf of his people the injustices perpetrated by corrupt political leaders. If there's a Psalm out of the Bible that's relevant to our moment, it's this one. Let me share some of it with you. The first seven verses are really a prayer against unjust rulers. The psalmist says, Lord, God of vengeance, God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, judge of the earth. Pay back retribution to the proud. How long, Lord, shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? They pour out words, they speak arrogantly. All who do injustice boast. They crush your people, Lord, and afflict your inheritance. They kill the widow and the stranger and murder the orphans. They have said, the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob perceive. In other words, it's a cry to God. The the words literally mean, God, rise up in your judicial majesty. As a judge, show up in the glory of who you are and make yourself known. Verse four I love, it says they pour out words. The Hebrew there literally means they belch out words. He's describing political leaders who talk for a living and their talk is filled with lies that cover their own misbehaviors. Why do they do that? Well, he tells us in verse seven, they have said the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob perceive. In other words, Politicians in their corruption are bold to pursue that corruption because they have the mistaken idea that they're not accountable to anyone and that God, if he exists, is not aware of what they're doing. Well, let's look at the next verses, verses 8 through 11. He turns from a prayer to God to begin to speak to the people. Pay attention, you stupid ones among the people, and when will you understand, foolish ones? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? Or he who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, will he not rebuke? He who teaches mankind knowledge. The Lord knows human thoughts, that they are mere breath. It's interesting, he says, you think God's not watching, but... The God who gave you eyes to see, you don't think he can see? The God who gave you ears to hear, you don't think he can hear what's going on? Well, see, this is our secret weapon. Because God sees and knows, because God raises up nations and he tears down nations as they suit his purposes, we now find that God is a God who uh, disapproves of those who receive the delegated responsibility of power, who detach that power from care for the people that they're in charge of, and instead use that power to enrich their and, and and advance ungodly agendas. In verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man whom you discipline, Lord, and whom you teach from your law, so that you may grant him relief from the days of adversity until a pit is dug for the wicked for the Lord will not abandon his people, nor will he abandon his inheritance. Let me read you two other verses in the same Psalm, verse 20 and 21. Can a throne of destruction be allied with you, one who devises mischief by decree? They band themselves together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. Here's what we have to understand. We live in a generation that is unprecedented in the breach of trust between those who offer us information and those who are supposed to provide leadership. We can no longer trust the arbiters of facts and we can no longer trust the elected representatives who have abandoned their responsibility to their people. So what do we do? we go to our knees and we ask God to rise up in judicial majesty and bring the downfall of these ungodly power hungry leaders who have seized leadership, not to protect the people that they're responsible for, but to enrich themselves It is a powerful temptation, and we are in a place of corruption worse than any place we've ever been before. The answer is not the midterm elections, although that is part of this process. The answer is not an impeachment process. The answer is this, when will the church lay down worldly weapons and pick up the spiritual weapons that have been granted to us? When will the church in prayer cry out to God so that he acts mightily on behalf of his people and avenges the murder of unborns, the oppression of the innocent, the exploitation of the poor by those who have made themselves rich by utilizing power that was never meant to belong to them? I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, we are in the process of collapsing as a nation because the rot, the cancer of corruption has become overwhelming. We've got to discover again that there is one answer to this problem and it is God. Will you stop at the end of this video and take the next few minutes to just cry out to God to show up as the judge He is and avenge His people on those who have stolen the very thing that has been entrusted to them. This is the way forward for us. This is Truth Currents.